We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. It is the last time in the 2020-2021 season that we are going to be talking about a betting line for an actual basketball game. Yeah. Jeffrey, yeah. it is here. It is the national title game. We have Baylor. We have Gonzaga. We have the top two teams in college basketball for the first time yeah. since 2005. The number one and number two seeds in the NCAA tournament are playing for their national title. For the first time since 2001, the, the top two teams in the preseason AP poll are playing for a national title. This is the matchup that everybody wanted. Jeffrey. Are you fired up? Are you ready to go? Where are you at? Hell you yeah. Little, you seem a little laid back. You seem a little nonchalant. I'm so fired up. I'm, I'm Honestly, no. This is the matchup I've been waiting for all year. You know that. Because, you know, nobody's been on the Baylor bandwagon longer than I've been on the Baylor bandwagon. Yeah. Nobody here. It's been like two years. So, I want to see this game. I was so upset uh, that I wasn't going to be at the game in India on December 5th. And then when it was scrapped, I was almost like, like, all right, this is good. This is good because we don't we don't need it in the regular season. We need it for the national title. We don't need to know, like, what if one team had beaten the hell out of the other team on December 5th? It wouldn't have had the, the same drama that it holds right now, Rob, which is either team can win. And, and, and if you question that before Saturday, I think Saturday changed your mind if you watch that first half of the Baylor-Houston game and watch the entire game. And again, all the credit going to UCLA, but Gonzaga had an absolute dogfight and showed they can be beaten. And this Baylor team matches up pretty darn well against the Zags. So you want to hear a crazy stat? Um, so do you know? Are you are you aware of the uh, the metric shot quality? Have you heard about this? Yes, I, I, I know all about shot quality. Okay, so my whole life is based on shot quality. Yeah, I know that when I was when I was at the bar, that was the one of our biggest metrics was uh, was shot quality, how well you could pour a shot, um, and whether or not you could actually get it at one and a quarter ounces. Uh, I was not very good at that. Uh, I was the I was the over pour guy. Um, I was the bartender that everybody liked. Well, anyway, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise anybody. Um, so uh, shot quality is for the people that don't know, it's, it's basically a metric that determines. Uh, what the expected score would be based off of how good the shots are that people are getting. The combination of how open are you, where the shot is, is it a, a long two, is it a three, is it a layup? 
And what is the likelihood that you can get an offensive rebound based on the positioning of the other players on the floor? Um, long story short, it tells you like what you could expect the score to be if you have a normal shooting performance based okay. off the difficulty of the shots yeah. that you get for the team that you have. Uh, for Gonzaga, UCLA. Th- this is crazy. Think about this. For Gonzaga, yeah. UCLA. The expected yep. score of that game based off of the difficulty of the shots that UCLA got was that the Bruins would lose by 22 points. <laughs> That's crazy. 22 points. That's, I, that, feel, so, I feel like that was every game for UCLA in the tournament, yes, though, don't you? Yes. But I just I, I want I want to put that into context, okay? Twenty two. That's how well UCLA played. That's how well UCLA shot. That is, it, it just shout out to them, man. That that was an unbelievable performance. But I think it also should put into context just how good UCLA um, Gonzaga was. That they were able to win a game where a team yeah. outperformed their expected points Very by twenty two. So uh, I, I'm I spent. I spent a long time yesterday and a long time on Saturday night trying to, to – thinking about how Baylor was probably going to end up winning this game and letting myself get talked into it. But I've, I've, I've reverted course. I'm back in yeah. on Gonzaga. I'm back in on, on Gonzaga covering. I think they're going to win by like 8 to 10 points. So uh, you're on Baylor. I'm on Gonzaga. The line at Bet Rivers is Gonzaga laying 4.5. The total is 159.5. Jeff, talk to me about Baylor and try to talk me into Baylor. Uh, betting on Baylor to cover in this game. Well, the money line is 170, right? Isn't it 170 last I mm-hmm. checked? I mean, listen, I, I just think this is a coin flip game, a complete coin flip game. I, I think you've got one of the best players in the country in, in Jalen Suggs, who is at an absolute uh, high right now after his shot and his performance. But Jalen Suggs has never gone up against a guy like Davion Mitchell, has he? Are you going to tell me he's ever seen anybody close to Davion Mitchell defensively? No, he hasn't. No, um, not even in the same stratosphere. He right? hasn't. Like Davion Mitchell, the way that dude moves his feet, okay? Not only that, he's got some of the quickest hands I've ever seen. So, like, Davion Mitchell is going to be in his shit all game. Now, again, they'll obviously they'll switch. I get it. But Davion Mitchell should have the, the, the majority of the time trying to uh, slow down Jalen Suggs. Um, to me, the, the key is going to be Drew Timmy. That's going to be the key. And if, and if Baylor can put him in tough situations defensively, I think if they put him in ball screens and and, and they honestly try to take advantage and get him in foul trouble and put him in situations, he does move his feet well. He does. I mean, mm-hmm. Timmy's really, really agile for his size. He moves well. But I think kind of – can he stay out of foul trouble, right? Because those Baylor dudes, they can get to the basket. Between Butler and Mitchell, those dudes can get to the basket in the half court, not just in transition, and and they can finish. So I I think that's a key area because what Gonzaga doesn't have is what Baylor does. Gonzaga doesn't have depth. They don't. If Timmy's out of the game, Kispert's out of the game, Suggs is out of the game, they're screwed. To me, again, if somebody gets in foul trouble for Baylor, especially in the front line, not as big a deal. They got three three guys that are similar in a sense, and then they also have a, a kid named Matthew Meyer, right? Who, who's an X factor guy. I mean, mm-hmm. think about this: their last four games, Rob, Baylor's have four different leading scores in the NCAA tournament, and one of them isn't Davion Mitchell. 
Like, that's that's that, that is a crazy stat, by the way. That the best crazy. player on Baylor is the one starter that hasn't been their leading scorer in, in yep. the last four games. That's a crazy stat. Crazy. Crazy. So what I'm saying is Baylor is not nearly as dependent on their stars as, as Gonzaga is. If one of those guys has an off game, if Davion Mitchell scores 10 points, Baylor still can, can put up 75 and they can win the game. And Baylor is the better defensive team. They to are. me, it's not even close. I, I just are. like Baylor. I love their toughness. I, I think, again, I think it was clear that Gonzaga isn't this like team that can't be beat the other night, like you had stated, where they're going to run through the tournament, beat everybody by 10. They're not that dominant. They are dominant, but so is Baylor. Baylor was, man, they were right there with Gonzaga before their pause. And I think, again, people put too much into – well, look, they lost to, to Kansas. They almost lost to I- like that. That shit was, it was fraudulent. They came back too quick from their pause. They yeah, did. no, you're you're right. You're right. You're right about the coming back from the pause. And if they don't go on their shutdown, I think there's a pretty real chance that they are heading into this game um, undefeated. Now they also did lose to who who got them in the Big Twelve tournament? Was Oklahoma it State. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? Yeah, and. So that that might have not that might have still happened um, because I yeah. think that they were almost back to full strength at that point. Um, but it's also the Big Twelve. Like if if you if you run through that Big Twelve undefeated, like you are you are special. There's no right. shame in losing to anybody in that conference. Might have been the best league in America this year. I know people are saying the Big Ten, but damn the Big Twelve, the top seven were pretty were pretty good for the most part. So 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 Sean, Sean Byrne, this is this is my biggest concern with Baylor. Right there, you see yeah, that, and that's legit, completely legit. So that that's my that's my biggest concern with Baylor is one. Um, they I, got 18, I hey, they got fifteen fouls to throw at them. That's they what do. I'll say. They, they do, they do, they right? do. Um, I don't know if fouling Timmy matters. All right, and and here's so there's there's two things that I'm concerned with with Baylor. Um, the first one is that I expect them to come out and try to play their game. Right, if you're Baylor. If you think that you're the best team in college basketball, which I'm sure that they do, you're going to come out and try to play your game. You're going to attack the offensive glass. You're going to play up tempo. You're going to try to run. You're going to do all of these things that you've been doing all season that have gotten you to this point where you're the second best team in college basketball at minimum, right? Maybe the best team in college basketball. You're going to do what you do. Uh, And I think that that does play into Gonzaga's hands a little bit. I think we're going to see them get out and transition a little bit more than we did against UCLA. That's a problem. You don't want to let them run. That is a nightmare if you let them run. Um, the other part of it is that I think that Gonzaga is kind of singularly built to be able to deal with the ball pressure and the de- the, the defensive stuff that, that Baylor does because they have three big guards that can all play the point. And I don't think that their ball pressure is going to take you out of the offense because you have three different guys that can run the offense. Whoever – think about it like this. Um, whoever Macy Teague is guarding, whoever – uh, Adam Flagler is guarding, maybe even whoever Matthew Meyer is guarding on the perimeter. You can have that guy initiate your offense, and you're still going to be able to run the sets you need to run to be able to get the ball to Timmy in the post. You're still going to be able to do the things you need to do off of ball screens to get Timmy touches in the post. And even in a best-case scenario, I don't think that any of the Baylor bigs can deal with him. Flo Thamba and, and Everyday John are just – they're not good enough when it comes to dealing with the ceiling stuff that Drew Timmy can do. And while I love Mark Vidal, and while I think that his ability to kind of wedge people out using his leverage is is something that 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 is really, really good, the problem with Timmy is even if you get him out to like 10 feet, 
he's just so good at, at turning and shooting over someone and banking something in off the glass that I think that 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 Timmy's like the one guy. Uh, I would rather he's see this matchup. He's been all year. Yeah. He's been the toughest matchup for whoever he's gone up against. It doesn't matter. Drew Timmy has found a way. Like first half the other night, he wasn't great. Um, overtime period with four fouls, he, he just he was dominant. So I, I'm with you. I, I think that tell is. Me, a tell huge me if you think part. this is a hot take. Tell me if you think this is a hot take. I think that Drew Timmy is a worse matchup. I, like I, if I was Baylor, I would rather Gonzaga have Luca Garza in this matchup than Drew Timmy because I think Vital can use his weight to push Luca Garza out, and I don't think and because Garza everything Garza does is kind of like he's going to bully ball you right, yeah. like it's a bull in a china shop. And I don't think even though he's got like seven inches and, and however many pounds on Vital, I, I just don't think that you can move Mark Vital if Mark Vital decides he wants to stay in one place. Right, it's like pushing against the wall. Yeah. You know, if I if I decide I want that ball to be down and I go and push on it as hard as I can, it's not going anywhere. That's the same thing as Mark Vital. You're just not moving him. So I I think that Drew Timmy is probably the worst possible matchup for a five man that you could have for Baylor. And I think that they have enough guard play to be able to get the ball into him. And the other thing is, and just real quick, I'm sorry, uh, then I'll, I'll let you go. Is that with the no middle defense, the way that you beat that is you make these probing drives because we've talked about this, right? The the whole reason, the whole thing that they do. Is they force you baseline so you know where you're driving, they know where you're going. And as soon as you put the ball on the floor, the help moves immediately to get a guy in a charge spot to get a, a player rotating down to cut off the baseline pass. So their their help defense moves as soon as you drive baseline because they know where you're going. Now, if you can kind of have these probing drives where you don't actually get into the double team and you kind of stay about 15 feet away from the basket and you have big guards that are able with one dribble off the live dribble to pick out passes to guys on the perimeter. That's how you break down this no middle defense that that Baylor plays, um, and that's what Gonzaga has three guys that are capable of doing. So that's that's my big concern is that Gonzaga is they can counteract the stuff that that Baylor wants to do best in transition, um, and they have a roster that is kind of built to be able to, to attack the defense that Baylor plays. So the the big thing though is like everything that you're saying about Baylor is correct. So I, I feel less good about the side as I do about the over, right? Like if we're sitting here and you're like, I don't know how Gonzaga stops Baylor. And I'm like, I don't know how Baylor stops Gonzaga. Right, don't you just right. want to bet on there being a lot of points? Yeah, Isn't 159 that the, and a half. Yes, 159 and a half. I am going to because there's nothing like cheering for, for both teams to score, right? Like, like that's always the best yeah. thing you can do. There's nothing more freeing than just than celebrating every basket that goes every in. It's the best, it's the best thing in sports. It's just Maybe the I should just do that and not even Beth Baylor and just just root for every basket and then score 300 points. No, um, I, honestly, yeah. honestly, Jeff, like your, your point, if if you buy into the idea that Baylor will be able to get stops against Gonzaga consistently, then you should bet the Baylor money line. There's there's enough value on there I that am. if you think Baylor, no, there's value. There's value. I, yeah. I just you, again, I think it's a toss-up game, and and I think honestly, I said this yesterday. I also think this is a game that can be determined by the by the officials and and how they they call this game. Um, you know, Timmy is physical, and and you know those Baylor bigs. Vital gets in, tr- in foul trouble every single game right now, and I'm not sure who the best matchup is for for Drew Timmy, whether it's Flo, whether it's Everyday John, or whether it's Vital. I think it's a combination, like I said, of throwing those guys out there and just beating up on Drew Timmy if they could. 
Like, I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to, to, to try to negate Drew Timmy is, is beat up on him, bring in fresh guys, and try to wear Drew Timmy down a little bit. Because, again, it's not like Drew Timmy has gone up against front lines like this defensively. That's what I will say, right? Like, how many front lines – now, again, offensively, no, no, they're not giving him a whole lot. Um, but defensively, how many teams has he gone up against that you're going to see three athletic dudes like these? Yeah, but see, the, the thing is, I, I don't think athleticism bothers Timmy, right? I, I think I, I, you need someone that can keep him from getting his angles that is going to be the same size as him. Because well, the thing about him is like, it's like his yeah, counter. That's what, that's what blows me away about Timmy. The face-up, right? The face-up game which a lot of times turns into like counters for him. Yeah, it's 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 his everything that he does is based off his footwork right. and the fact that he knows how to use his ass to 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 move people where he needs them to go. Right? Like there there was one there was one play that stood out to me more than anything else and that was um the second half against UCLA. There was a play where he had Cody Riley on his back and pinned, right? But what he was able like Cody Riley was directly between yeah. him and the basket, but he was yeah. able to use his feet to get his body and move his ass so that he created a lane and and the, the the Gonzaga players are so good at this too they they throw the bounce passes so that it leads Timmy to the point where he catches it and can go straight up with it like it's the way that he's able to and, and the, the whole team is able to get these plays where you go catch and lay it in instead of having to catch with somebody directly on your back that makes yeah. such a difference like all they're doing is creating layups and he is so well, good at using the pace. So like, agile. Like, Yes, you you need someone that that can match him in size, right? And that is not going to be able to be moved and understands how to use leverage and use how to use positioning and has the kind of footwork to stay in front of him. And even if you do that, he's so good at just going through contact and getting the ball off the glass and laying it in. He has such a soft touch. I I just, I don't, I've kind of gotten to the point where I think that Timmy is is probably a guy, like I, I told you this before, um, I kind of viewed him in the same lens as I view a guy like Luca Garza in the sense that they're a great college player, but I don't know how they can get to the NBA if you can't shoot threes and you can't really guard. I've kind of gotten to the point where I think that he does enough stuff really well offensively, especially with the passing that he can do and the way he runs in transition, that um, if the jump shot comes around, like if he ends up being a guy that shoots 33% from three instead of 28% from three, then we're talking about a guy that can play in the NBA. Like he'll, he'll end up getting better because he works. He works. Although it's so funny watching him in pregame. He's such a knucklehead. Like he honestly, they're not. You know, you watch like Villanova pregame. They've got a strict pregame routine, and it's all like obviously <laughs> a strict know, no Wright. smile policy too. Yeah, they don't <laughs> smile. They're all together. They're in unison for everything they do. Watch Baylor, even like when they come out of halftime, like like Jared Butler just sits there and stretches. He doesn't really take any shots. Mark Vidal just sits on the bench and doesn't do anything. It's the weirdest thing. They all kind of – there's like strict routine. Maybe obviously each of their routines, but it's just so funny to watch. And, again, Timmy, uh, Timmy before the game – for Gonzaga is like just messing around. He's he's literally just messing around, having fun with my boy Arlaskis. And they're like, before a game last week, they're sprinting around the court like little kids, like like just running around the entire court chasing each other. I don't even know what they're doing. 
I think one of them hit a three, and they just started chasing each other around the court, and then they sprint in the locker room. I'm like, complete knucklehead. And that is Timmy. And I feel bad because I think a lot of people don't like Drew Timmy right now because of the celebrations. And if they had a chance to meet Drew Timmy, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, I, okay, I get why it kind of irks people, but like, this is this is hilarious. I know, and, but people, people think it's showboating. People think it it's is. annoying. It is. Who, but who cares? I know. That's, I know. that's, that's what we. Why do? Why do we not want that? Like, I want all of these celebrations. Yes, I love yes. when the, these guys hit threes and they're they're going yeah. like this. Bring the it all back. The, the, the we're, we're, playing a, we're playing a we're playing a game. Yeah, Jeff. Like this yeah. is it's literally a game. I know. Why can't people, we? Why can't people, we have fun doing it? People right get now. a little too bent out of shape over over nothing. You know, that's it's part fun, of the problem, and it makes it more entertaining. I'm I'm here for it. You want to celebrate more things. I'm here, for the, game. I'm here for the like, entertainment. Yeah. Around like this. Let's do it. I, I can't wait for tonight. I mean, we're like, what, 12 hours away right now. 12 hours will be. Just uh, go follow Don Rothstein because he's tweeting it out every single hour as it, as it counts down. Yeah, it's the dumbest thing ever. Like, dude, enough. <laughs> enough. Enough of your shtick. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do for the next 12 hours. I mean, I'll get there probably. You can't even walk in. I, the deal, I think it's an hour and a half today, but it's been an hour that you couldn't get into the building. They, you know, obviously tonight it'll be a little different. It's the first time that there's just one game. Uh, every other time it's been like, you know, fans have had to leave in between. They've had to clean the place, all that. I wish they started the game at like 8.15, though. I got to say, 9.15 is a little bit – I get it. For West Coast, it's better, all that, but – uh, to me, nine fifteen for kids, it's just harder. Like my daughter, she's got school tomorrow. It's just later. Yeah, I mean, but look, we got we have two teams that are not in the Eastern Time Zone. Yes, no, I get no, it. Right. What you got to do? It's the same thing every year. Um, it's also part of the reason I think it makes sense to play a lot of these Final Fours on the West Coast uh, because you don't have the nine twenty local time tip offs, which or makes the yeah, at least even like mid true, you know. I mean, Phoenix was good a couple of years ago because of that. Really good. It's a whole lot easier. But, um, yeah, you know, listen, again, we got exactly what we wanted to me for this national title game. We got the season that went off. And, you know, obviously some teams, you know, you feel bad for the Ivy League. Patriot League didn't, didn't have non-conference games. Um, you know, there were players that certainly didn't have uh, seasons like they wanted. But – we did get the full NCAA tournament other than VCU. You know, it's kind of crazy. VCU is the only team. And, and uh, you know, you feel bad for those kids, Bones Highland and his teammates and, and Mike Rhodes. But we got it. I mean, we're here. And, and right now, Scott Drew and Mark Fee are probably playing pickleball as we speak. Yeah, they probably are. No, I'm sure How, are. That's hilarious. Can you explain that? Elaborate on, on what you're just saying for people. Yeah, I mean – if you told us, I don't know if you listened to the podcast about did. a month ago, we had a few on with Robbie Hummel and myself, and and it went to pickleball for a while. I don't know how we got there. I think I talked to few about it before. And Robbie Hummel's dad is like a, a, a ranked pickleball player or something. So if you wanted to bring him in as a ringer. But but he said, like, listen, we're bringing a pickleball court, and we're playing. And if you let the cat out of the bag, he had told me the other day, but he was like, don't tell anybody. 
we, we got these pickleball games and me and Scott Drew are good teammates and we haven't lost. So I have them on a, on a text thread right now um, with the two of them. And I, I'm, ta- I, I'm saying uh, to, to both of them, uh, hold on, I'll try to find it while we're talking. But basically, uh, I, I'm trying to say that Fuse completely overrated and that, that Scott Drew has carried Mark Few in pickleball and Fuse not buying it. I, I told them, listen, I'm getting out there and I'm going to beat your ass. You're playing tomato cans in pickleball. We know you're setting this up. You're playing tomato cans so you can stay undefeated. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on my my pickleball game and come out to Spokane and beat your ass uh, this year. There's there's no way that you're good at pickleball. I I'm a I'm actually a very good tennis player. Very good. That I don't, I'll have to see that to believe it. I'll Cover a lot of ground. It. Very, very, you know, obviously you I'm a little cover, bit older now. A lot of, you don't, you don't cover a lot of ground. I cover a Every lot time of ground. I talk to you, you're going oh, to the doctor again because you have some other, you have some other torn knee ligament, some other. I play hard. Because, because I you, play hard. Because you, because you fell over playing softball. I, I don't, oh, I, I don't believe it. I'll have to see it. We're going to have to, we're going to have to go to the tape on this one. Um, we'll, because you also we'll tell us how great you are. We'll get me and few maybe tonight after if they win the national title, I'll challenge him to a, 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 a late morning, you know, game of pickleball before I leave for Chicago to fly home. Yeah. We'll see how that goes for you. Yeah. Oh, all right. So how about this? Um, how about this? The team that wins this whole thing, how do they how do they celebrate with their families? They can't do it on the court, obviously. That'll be taboo. They can't do it from what I'm told in the hotel because no, they're not supposed to do it in the hotel. My guess is Scott Drew and Mark View might not uh, listen to those rules and might bring in their families. I don't know uh, because I, I think the two will probably agree to do it. Um, and then number three would be, do you rent out a place here? Just rent out a restaurant and and meet in the restaurant after. Because, I mean, you want them to be able to celebrate with those kids if, if they can. I some way, somehow, I don't know how. I, I get it, like, but, but, like, I, are the families going to fly back to Spokane or, or Waco tomorrow to celebrate with them? Do they not get a chance to? I mean, I don't know. It's tough. Sucks. Sucks. Um, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what I was thinking about. I don't. I don't know if you could bring all of the families in. To one place, I, I can't. I got to imagine that these restaurants have some kind of limitation on the number of people that can be in the. Well, you got to uh, rent out a big place. You got to find. I mean, even wh- what about having it? There's got to be a, the other another area on the other side of the court in in at Lucas Oil. Why not have them be allowed to do that? A huge area, spaced out, even. They can they can at least be around their their families. I don't know. I just feel like there's got to be something you can do here. Uh, group FaceTimes, Zoom calls with everybody involved. Yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. All right. So um, I don't know. You got anything else? No, anybody I'm, I'm going over. You convinced me to go over. No question. And uh, I'm taking the money line and I'm taking – I already took Baylor. I got, I got him at plus five and a half. Um, so I, I got Baylor. Uh, money line. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something down on here. I'm going over, and then I'm gonna look at all the props and just have some fun with some of these props. Any, yeah. any good that's, ones? That's what I was gonna say. Um, I'm bringing them up right now. The uh, the one that I really liked was the Drew Timmy's points total is 21 and a half right now. Um, I really like that. 
Uh, Jalen Suggs, his assist total uh, is five and a half um, at plus 100. I liked that. Uh, I liked Andrew Nemhard's assist total. Um, all of this stuff is at uh, is at Bet Rivers, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew Nemhard is uh, plus four, is, is, or I'm sorry, is 4.5 assists over. Uh, yeah. And I really like that one. Uh, but that's minus 143. So you don't get a lot of the juice on that one. I got Butler. I did Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell to be MVP of the tournament like a week ago. And that was pretty good. I think I got them both to like plus 850 or something like that. I just figured yeah. Baylor wins. One of the, one one of those two, although as we talked about, it could be Flagler, it could be Maceo, it could be Meyer. Like I, I think it's probably whoever has a big game tonight because they've been so balanced throughout. Um, but yeah, no. Listen, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're gonna have one more show well, look, here, tomorrow. Here's the thing. What's Jeff, up? here's the thing. Just uh, yeah. on your point, if you want to bet someone from Baylor to be the most outstanding player, it's got to be Davion Mitchell. Like there's no there's no if ands or buts about it. It's got to be Davion Mitchell. Well, but if um, but if Jared Butler goes off for twenty five tonight and they win, it's Jared Butler gets it. You're yeah, wrong. Maybe you're wrong. You're wrong. Maybe, but, I, but I, I think it's whoever maybe. has the big game tonight. If somebody emerges and has a 22, 25 point night for for Baylor tonight, they win it because nobody stood out so far. It's not like like Johnny Juzang. Well, see, that's that's the thing is I I disagree with that nobody has stood out, but because I think Davion Mitchell has been unbelievable. He had twelve yes. points, seven assists, and zero turnovers against one of the top five defenses in the country. And yep. You're telling me that nobody stood out? Like he he's been unbelievable this entire tournament. I'm just going to tell you that defensively, you know, you know, people don't put enough stock into it. So I'm just well, telling you yeah. what I think is going to happen. And if somebody scores 22, 25 points tonight to beat Gonzaga, that person. That, that, person that, you're, that you're probably right about because we're yeah. assuming that people are making rational decisions. And that one, right. that right. you're probably right about. Um, I'm looking at the most outstanding player bets right now at Bet Rivers. Yeah. Um, what is it? So we have Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy are both plus 100. Davion Mitchell is plus 250. Joel Ayayi is plus 700. Jared Butler is plus 700. I actually yeah, really I like, like – Butler That Butler one's I good. I don't love it. I you like – if Butler gets going, well, well I mean, you know? maybe, maybe I like the Joel Joel Iyayi one better because he was awesome in that first yeah, game. But I don't if know if he's going to do that again. Think about it. You said you said you think Davion Mitchell is going to be on Suggs, right? Right, right. Butler will be. Does that mean Joel Iyayi is going to be guarded by someone that is smaller than him, and he's yeah. already proven adept at scoring in the paint, scoring over people. Um, he's shooting thirty nine percent. I think they'd have to play uh, Mayor Meyer a little bit more um, tonight. Maybe. Or do you play? Do you play Everyday John and Mark Vital and force Gonzaga to make a decision? Because just think about Corey Kispert trying to box out Mark Vital over and over and over again. That's not going to be a good thing for Gonzaga. No, but I, I want more more length. I want more length on on Kispert and and Ayai. That's what I want. I want a guy that can move with those guys and make it difficult for him. Yeah, the only problem with that is in your playing into their hands because, I mean, they're Kispert can probably guard Meyer. I'm not worried about Kispert guarding Meyer as much as I am worried about Kispert finding a way to keep Mark Vidal off the glass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I hear, what, I hear what you mean. Also, also, 
I, I know what you're saying about length, but Mark Vidal is, is probably the, the second or third well. defender um, in this game. And so you might as well just let him go out and guard. Like He can stay in front of Andrew Nemhard. Can you imagine Joel Iyayi trying to score against Mark uh, Mark Vidal? No, no. You're, you're right. I mean, you could go that way. You just have you have no offense. That's my problem with Baylor. If you go with those two guys up front with Vidal and, and Everyday John or Flo, you, you lose the space. Right. Yeah, that's my problem. I don't like it. I mean, I get it defensively, but I don't love it offensively. And and yep. to me, I'd I'd rather have uh Mayor out there scoring and in, in, in space of the court, period. It, it's really gonna be interesting to see how some of this stuff plays out because there's gonna be a little bit of a chess match involved in this and how who makes certain adjustments, how those adjustments end up affecting yep. uh um, game. It, I mean, the key is going to be for my money. Um, how how well uh, Gonzaga can adapt to these like small lineups that Baylor throws out there when they have the four shooters yeah. on the floor? How well they guard bar, ball screens there? What Baylor is going to do to try to slow down Drew Timmy, and whether or not the Bears attack the offensive glass the way that they always do and send three guys to the glass, which would open themselves up to transition game. So to me, those are the three things that I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, trying to figure out what these coaches are going to do. Um, yeah. All right. All right. We're out. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back for one final, uh, show tomorrow morning at uh, 9.00 AM promptly at 9.00 AM. Hopefully tomorrow morning, if I can get my ass up, uh, I don't know what time I'll be asleep tonight. We're going to try for 9.00 AM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.